Oh my god. Where on though? Oh, Robbie, you want me to put Robbie Williams? Welcome to Down the Robbie Hole, the podcast where we look into just why Robbie Williams is the strangest figure in British pop music. We have a... uh, I'm Matthew. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nathan. You sound defeated already. Yeah, I'm I'm not looking forward to this. Uh, That's a great way to start the episode. Let all our viewers know that even we are (laughs) looking forward to it. So don't worry, jump in guys. It'll be great. Yeah, this is a skip 15 second ahead classic. But um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that bad. I actually don't as, think it's that I'm bad either. On it as well. I, yeah, same. Uh, this album. I'm glad you said that because I was gonna. I was worried I was gonna be ganged up on. Well, it's not an album. We should start. With, it's it's three unreleased albums that he published on his website. So called Under the Radar. Yeah. So this episode we're doing a little break from format. Instead of just looking at one album, we're looking into. Oh wait, I need to explain the podcast. Um. So yeah. It's, you so, don't. You don't. Look, let's you just do just, it anyway. I'm, you could just nobody, go on. Nobody is listening to the Under the Radar episode without having listened to the rest of the podcast. Yeah. I know, but so. you know how they do it. And, like other stuff. Look, I just have to say. Uh, this podcast, the thing about this is that me and John look into the background of each album, the context, the making of it, the behind the scenes, and the antics that Robbie was up to at the time. But Nathan can only listen to the music, watch the videos, and read the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, just just to be clear, if this is your first episode, stop. Yeah. like um, Go and listen to, to another episode. Go and listen to Rudebox. Go back to episode one, skip two... <laughs> Uh, go to three. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like machete order for Star Wars, man. Yeah. Everyone's like, here's the best order. No, but like legitimately, it, just don't listen to this. This this is for the hardcore. Like this, yeah. there is some there is some Robbie in here that no one has ever listened to. I don't think he's ever heard it. That is extremely true. This episode is for the hardcore fans. Justice, what we're looking at this episode is for the hardcore fans. So instead of looking at just one album, we're looking at a series of three albums. Under the Radar Volume 1, Under the Radar Volume 2, and Under the Radar Volume 3. Or, as we will refer to them from now, Under the Radar Volume 1, 2, and 3. I know, I, I did that just because of the end of the last episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so, um, 2014, 2017, 2019, these albums were released, and these comprise, uh, for the fans-only collections, of rarities, um, stuff that hasn't been released by Robbie, they're, they're essentially they're listed as like compilation albums on Wikipedia, but on other places they put them into his normal studio albums, but it's, it's hard to really define what they are, but they're basically just like B-side collections, except like the B-sides haven't been released. So it's just Robbie's offcuts, stuff that hasn't made it onto previous albums, compiled into three albums so far, we don't know if there's going to be another one or whatever, but these are really for the fans, and they were only available through his own website. I saw one comment suggesting maybe he wants to do five of them, but I don't know oh. if there's any truth to that. That'd be a nice number, at least. I can't, I can't hack a number two, come on. Uh, but yeah, so all of these albums are self-released, so I don't think they count towards any like record contracts he has. Um, he releases them all through his website first, they eventually make their way to Spotify, and if you want to buy it physically, it's only through his website you can get it as well. Can you uh, buy physical copies of this? Oh yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. But, wow. Yeah. yeah, there's a super deluxe version of the third one that costs like £50. A super deluxe <laughs> version of it. Yeah, you said that with a smile like you'd bought it. Okay. <laughs> I did try to buy stuff this episode, but it didn't work out. We'll get to that. Uh, Guy Chambers apparently isn't happy with Robbie putting these songs out the way that he did. Uh, he thinks they should be on proper albums, like given the full promo and then put on real albums rather than just shoved out there. I don't agree. Yeah. I think this is the odd song or two that could be on legitimate yeah, albums. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, the actual album itself, no. 
But there are songs in here that 100% could be on real albums. Yeah, so we're not we're obviously not going to talk in detail about every single song in these albums because there's 40 plus and by the nature a lot of them just aren't worth talking about because they were deemed like not good enough to get on a real album. So they aren't that interesting. But there is some stuff worth talking about. So basically put together a list of the ones that we are going to cover. We'll just read off the track list of the albums then we'll go into the ones that we want to talk about. So, um... Under the Radar Volume 1, I guess um, I'll just reel off the track listing. We're going to read the whole track list and we're just going to be yeah, like... Yeah, I think we should just yeah, complete Yeah, just quickly run off and then we'll go yeah. through the individual ones we're doing. So the tracks are Bully, Raver, H-E-S, The Edge, All Climb On, Surrender, Love Is You, The Cure, The Pilot, The Brits, National Treasure, Super Tony, Greenlight, and Bullet. And, okay, so we'll only be talking about a handful of those, but... So, Under the Radar Volume 1, I Volume think... Volume 1, released 8th December 2014. It's apparently recorded between 1997 and 2013. Damn, I thought some of the stuff sounded a bit old. Yeah, there is many times with this album where you're like, huh, that is an old sound for Robbie. Um, I think first off, though, cover talk, because this is an important part yeah. of the Under the Radar series. Yeah. He's got his ass. He has his ass out. Yeah, I, I think the cover's fine. There is a story behind uh, the cover for this. He originally wanted... A piece of art by a New York artist. It's like of a manhole cover he really liked, uh, but when he tried to get it done, it would have cost him tens of thousands of dollars. So he decided against it. Was kind of looking through old pictures he had, and um, the picture on the cover of Volume One was one that it was from when he was on holiday with Ida, and they were playing some kind of game. Uno. Uno, yeah. And because he lost, he had to run out into the sea naked. It was so a that pool. Was he had to like jump. Pool. Pool. Was yeah. thing was a pool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's where that comes from. Uh, so instead of like having a picture of a manhole, has a picture of his manhole. <laughs> Been saving that one up, haven't you? No, just sort of. Yeah. That's off the top of the dome. That's, that's off the dome, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well. So this this becomes a theme. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a nice uniquely Robbie way of tying it all together. Yeah, I agree. I think just while we're doing the album goes, I think the only one, I actually think the third one's quite nice. I think is it South Bank in London? No, actually. I is think it so. not? We'll get to that, but um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was the Thames. No, it's actually... No. Oh, who cares? It's Beirut. Do you, know, do you know the flats that I'm talking about? Like, the yeah, ones that... Yeah. yeah. I thought it was there. I thought it was London too, but I think it's Beirut. What? <laughs> there, are palm, there are palm trees there too. It's like... Oh, I didn't see yeah. the palm trees. I didn't pay that much attention. I was just distracted by his ass. Who isn't, to be yeah. fair. But yeah, so him having his ass out becomes a theme. Yeah. And he says that for him it feels like a representation of these albums being him taking a day off from doing his usual like, huge yeah. album pressure it's, stuff. It's very Robbie to do it, isn't it? He, yeah. he can't release an actual studio album with his ass on it. Yeah, he's just letting it all hang out in like every sense. Yeah. Are and... we going to talk on a plot about what we found last night? At any point. <laughs> yeah, I think we if should you, do it later. If later. you've got antics to share, then it has to be here, because we are lacking antics. Uh, I mean, the only thing I was going to say was this thing that sort of I thought was pretty funny. Um, he describes it when talking about how casually this album is compared to the rest of them. He describes it as kind of being like a musical Mufti Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember this is a guy who wanted to be successful in America and he's releasing his music? <laughs> he was going to call it Mufti Day, Day for a bit. Yeah. He was thinking of calling it that the whole series like Mufti Day Volume One, Two, and Three, but then he was like, Nah, Under the Radar is better. Under the Radar is a hundred percent of that title. <laughs> I want to confuse American by saying like, Do you got to get me presents for Mufti Day? That'd be really <laughs> a good bit. Uh, also, Mufti Day for our um, there are 0. No 0.5 American listeners. Yeah, there, there, are, no, there are no other listeners. After you go to school, you bring a pound in, you can wear your own clothes instead of your uniform, aka what you can do in America every day for free. Yeah, yeah. So. It's for charity, by the way. They don't just keep the money. 
<laughs> they didn't make it sound like they just have abused yeah. one, one day a year. They're like, no, you'll pay for this. <laughs> okay, the first track, Bully, off Underrated Volume 1. Uh, to me, I was really pleased when I heard it at first. I was like, this yeah. is Robbie doing this it's, sort of chugging, almost bluesy kind of thing. It's got this really cool sound. I, I really like his vocal works on it. It's um, kind of black easy, I think. Yeah, like it's the drums. Thing. The sound of the drums is directly the sound out of Do I Want to Know. You know oh, yeah, like, boom, tsh, boom, tsh. Yeah, it's so close to it. It's insane, yeah. I read this one bit I really hate, and it's so relevant. There's some, like, sampled over vocals where he goes, whoo. Yeah. Ha! It's so bad. Well, this this is a Tim Metcalf and Flynn Francis track. Yes. Okay. They will unfortunately be showing up a lot over these two albums. These are the Take the Crown guys, okay. two Australian songwriters he met, and they apparently did that whole album in eight days. Which I really doubt after listening to these three albums because there are so many of their tracks on it. Did they do all of these tracks in the eight days as yeah. well? Yeah. Oh, um, so almost like musicians continually make up bullshit yeah. about how. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well. That type of backing vocal. Right. <laughs> that type of backing vocal is a very them thing, and we'll talk about yeah. it more. Yeah, I hate that particular bit. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, the lyrics to this really struck me as being about. It sounds like it's about a school shooter, but it sounds like Robbie isn't intending it to be that way. He spoke <laughs> in the interviews like being like, you know, it's kind of what I'd like to do. <laughs> it's kind of he's unironically espousing like a school shooter mindset without being aware of it. He's saying like. Yeah, it's just about what I'd kind of like to do some people in my life who I've, I've disliked, and it's sort of a song about shooting bullies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, but this, for me, it, this is a really bittersweet thing, because when I heard it first, I was like, okay, this is an interesting sound, we wouldn't hear this on a normal Robbie album, this is going to be great, this is going to be Robbie really experimenting and going wild, and then with each track, it was like, my heart just got grinched up, it just shrunk like a raisin. Yeah. What is the next one? Is it Raver? Raver, track two. Uh, which is another Metcalf and Francis track. And it is awful, I think. It has the shit that's on the radio. Yeah. yeah. So the bridge has the element of shit that's on the radio, which is a track on Take the Crown. And I honestly think it's that is used better here, because it's almost yeah. like a background oh, thing. it's 100% better. It's like, not even a question. Yeah. I really like the bridge. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, what really brings it down for me is the chorus, which I just think is totally oh, terrible. The chorus yeah. is awful. I ran with the runaways, runaways who run away. I ran with the runaways, runaways yeah. who run away. <laughs> yeah, it's the sort of thing that definitely would never make a real album. This is also back to the very YouTube vibes of Take the Crown. Like the opening of it is incredibly. Yeah, yeah. I've written that later. I wrote this is so YouTube. Yeah. I don't know what it's for, but it comes up a lot because it's almost as if Metcalf and Francis terrible songwriters who can't do anything original. But we'll get more into that. <laughs> yeah, lyrically, this is a. Essentially, uh, throwback to it's it's the audio equivalent of one of those YouTube comments underneath like a house track from 1991 where it's like I remember back in the day I took took three pills went into the field came out a different man you wouldn't know you don't know my story like a million different comments of that from bucket hatted guys yeah like it's like the audio equivalent of that just looking back on the summer of love of you know when yeah. XC raving and that interesting topic you know there hasn't been a Robbie song about that yet but um yeah it's it's <laughs> So generic. H.E.S. This is a wee interesting one. Welcome to the Heavy Entertainment Show. I'm about to X and so, you're my Y. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you would maybe obviously see that and think this is more from the Heavy Entertainment Show era, but it's, it's not. not. It's a Take no. the Crown cut again. It's another Francis Metcalf track. It's produced apparently by WTMSS, which I have no idea what that is, but that's the credit. So the actual song I don't think is very good. Yeah, this track is awful as well, I think. Yeah. I think truly, truly. It sounds like Imagine Dragons. 
I kind of like the chorus. I, I also was going to say, I've written I like the chorus. The second verse feels weirdly, like, conspiracy-based as well. Yeah, it, it talks about seeing the world through ancient eyes and, like, there's weird other stuff going on. It just made me feel a bit like, oh. He, he talks, it's, it's like, other artists would talk about conspiratorial things more obliquely. I, I think that in general, if you're talking about songs about, you know, conspiracy stuff like Black Helicopters and whatever, it's never really a good look because it doesn't feel yeah. conducive to music. It feels like you're taking some time out for a guy to show you his PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, 100%. I think he's ridiculously, like, direct here, saying, Chief suspects, the military complex, and bankers let genocide fly. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, then go to bed. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. But I, I do like his take on, like, describing life and sort of the endless distractions of it as the heavy entertainment show. I think that's a pretty good thing. And I yeah, think... almost like the idea which been behind the heavy entertainment show is intelligent, but this is not a good execution of it. Yeah, I think there are the bones of a good song here, but like there's some nice melodies, but what really ruins it for me is just the maximalist, like very bombastic, you have, like boom clap drums production. I, I just think it totally ruins it. It makes it sound generic in all the worst ways. It's like Robbie's personality so much with the Flynn Francis Tim Metcalf so is just swallowed and assimilated. Yeah, he said this was a tribute to the Springsteen, al- Springsteen album Wrecking Ball. But I don't think it sounds anything like Springsteen. That's the one where Bruce Springsteen gets naked and swings around in a wrecking ball. It's a good joke. It's 2013 and I've made the best joke in the room. Yeah, but it's th- good. This is another uh, Francis Metcalf that has the OO backing vocals yeah. that they can never not do. Um, this has a video too. Does it? <laughs> yeah, I was really annoyed with the video because you see the thumbnail and it's Robbie in the Let Me Entertain You makeup wearing a suit. He has one of the camera the, rigs. The makeup is also smudged. Yeah, yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. Which I like, yeah. And yeah. he has a camera rig strapped to his chest, so it's just like the static angle yeah, of him yeah. on the chest. And that itself feels like a really cool visual that could lend itself to something good, but it's just a black and white video of him like walking around the grocery store at the yeah. like, studio lot. L- literally, so that insane. is it. He's walking around a supermarket. Which is a, it's a theme with the music videos for these albums that they are like very clearly homemade, not big budget, but yeah. it's just disappointing because it presents a good visual and then does nothing interesting yeah. with it. Uh, I think that seems to be for a lot of these videos too is that they're in black and white and yeah. that almost it makes them feel a bit more like the before thing than an infomercial yeah. you automatically have a oh this is like a B thing this isn't yeah. the main thing and yeah nothing really much to say about the video <laughs> I like his makeup though it's weird sweet. Like, it looks kind of jokerish with it being smudged and stuff mm-hmm. like in the black and white it's cool he has like damage tattooed on his forehead yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah that was my favourite bit as well just to let you know that he's damaged yeah that's cool yeah next one uh, surrender is what I think we're going to move on to unless we have anything to say about The Edge and we'll climb on oh there is a funny thing about The Edge where in the uh, track by track because luckily for oh, me yeah, and John yeah. Robbie loves doing track by tracks of all his albums where he talks a bit about them and that's been so useful for us so he does like a little a minute or so on all the tracks yeah. of this album then for The Edge all he says is The Edge is about me having an affair with the guitarist from U2 then it fades out and goes to the next track <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> it's a good bit I, is it guitarist from U2 a woman? I didn't know that. The Edge. No. He's, he's the Edge. Oh, I did. I, yeah, he's joking. He didn't yeah. really have an affair. Yeah, yeah okay. No, I, sorry. I'm not oh, a U2 okay. fan, so I don't track the bit. You have to cut me being an idiot. No. Okay. Then the podcast is going to be five minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew said the wrong years for the albums earlier. Damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's also that one's guy. Like I don't know, but it's definitely guy. Like, yeah, yeah, there is one hundred percent. Yeah, the edges yeah. chambers all climb on his chambers as well. Yeah, Robbie chambers. Uh, surrender. Surrender is Matt and Francis again. I thought this was really, really dull. Yeah, I, don't like I think it. this is awful again. Uh, he said it took him ages to make. Yeah, so the thing with this track is like he seems to think it's one of his best tracks, kind of. Like yeah. the way he talks about it, he says he really, really wanted it above all else to be on Take the Crown, but he just couldn't quite nail it in time. 
Uh, he sent it to a lot of songwriters, including fairly wildly Michael Stipe of R.E.M. Apparently took a pass at writing this song, uh, but they couldn't nail it in time. He says in hindsight he would take Hey Wow Wow, is that what it was called, or was it Hey Wow Yeah? That track, like that. you know yeah. what I'm talking about. And shit off the radio, off of Take the Crown, in place of this track and Reverse, which was the bonus track on Take the Crown. But I think it's crazy because this track is terrible. Yeah. This is this is one where I think the backing vocal loop they use is actually nice. Oh, I disagree. I think it sounds a lot better than that. But I think it's maybe just because I'm noticing it more and more yeah. often that yeah. it just annoys me that they fall back on it. So I'm not often. saying that it's good they used it. I'm saying this is one case where I think it doesn't sound bad when they have used it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't really know if that's the same. Yeah, the I like the dropped bridge. The chorus is like really faux inspirational bullshit when you feel yeah. like hope is gone and there's no need to soldier on, no surrender, don't you surrender my love. And he says it originally was like the opposite of that. The chorus was more cynical and was just surrender, lay down and surrender my love. Which I think would have been way better. He says that it took him like years to work out to change it from surrender to dump surrender. Yeah. That he was is. what he needed. He said to well to Neil Hannon from the Divine Comedy, the guy who does the backing vocals with Neil um, Tennant on No Regrets from I've Been Expecting You. Yeah. Uh, but he also couldn't. It, Robbie said he sent it to other people and it felt like he was saying other people's words, so he couldn't connect with it. So he did the. Cool. I'm gonna be real. So much of this just blurs into like one big homogenous mm. mess for me. I yeah. can't recall anything beside my own notes. Yeah, so then I think we're skipping over track seven, which is Love Is You, but you want to talk about The Cure, right? Yeah, I like The Cure and The Pilot. Yeah, I think these next two are pretty good. They're yeah. both Chambers tracks. Yeah, I think they have really interesting different sounds. Yeah, uh, The Cure is like definitely more electro 80s and kind of yeah. anything else that's been... I think there's a really good chorus. I like the melody of it a lot. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's the same good. for The Pilot. Uh, two of a piece for me. The Pilot doesn't stick as much for me. It's got a really nice bass line, I think. Um... I just really like the sound they're exploring, like that sort of 80s stuff. I think their pilot's a bit more 90s, if I remember off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. I d- there's nothing to say about them interesting. I just want to give them props because there's so much kind of garbage before. I think there's two good tracks there. Mm-hmm. I think if you could develop that sound and work on it, I think he has something to play with. I'm trying to recall them. I'm just looking at the lyrics again just to get it. Oh, I, I don't think that lyrically any good. I just like the sound. I guess what I'm saying is I think Guy Chambers is a better producer than Tim Metcalf and the other guy. What's his name? That Flynn? is so outrageously true. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a take. Like it's just it's just a, an obvious thing to say. That's like saying an elephant is bigger than a bee. Yeah, like it just is true. Yeah. Should we do? Should we just do the Brits? I don't think this is important. I just want a quick thirty seconds. That they're both good tracks. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I my notes say I like them, but I can't remember anything mm-hmm. about yeah. them. I, mean, I can't either, but I think they were good when I was listening to them. Uh, so track 10, The Brits, which is kind of interesting. This was written by Robbie after the 2013 Brits, um, and it basically becomes because he was so bored by the modern state of the ceremony, yeah. and obviously he remembers it being The Brits saying what they used to be He like. explicitly calls out when he like, asked Liam for a fight, and when Jarvis Cocker got his ass out on stage, which are like your two like exact things you use as like, the Chris yeah. thing for The Brits thing, which yeah. is just great. They like, are the two big yeah. things. Like, you just, you just could, that just would not happen now. Like... Imagine how Jack Whitehall would react if that happened. I don't want to know. Uh, there's one really good line in here where he says, every million I yeah. make, they bake me a cake. Like, he's talking about, he's, he's like, says, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> then he, he follows that with, so I've got plenty, 120. Yeah. So is he just saying he's got 120 million in the bank? That's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. Um, who does he Who does he really want to shag? Like, there's someone who talks about in this, like, he's talked about shagging. Anyone know? He says, I had a bit of beef with you-know-who. I reckon that's probably... 
Oh, he brags about being the second person to touch a boob in yeah. his ear. Yeah, well, that's a reference to the 80s from Rootbox. He yeah. uses that same line. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he brags about it again. <laughs> and he clarifies that I'm nearly 40 now and he still yeah. likes boobs. Which I will say, it's an ongoing thing across these three albums where there are a couple of like the nostalgic looking back tracks where he reminisces about his childhood. I'm like, he may be getting a bit old for that now because like, he's done it a lot throughout his career yeah. and when he's still like bragging about losing his virginity and his <laughs> yeah, stories, it's, it's kind of... It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah 100%. I was going to bring that up later when he brags about it. The one thing I want to say about this song is I think it has a terrible sound. I love yeah. the lyrics. And I love him being Robbie, but it's, it's a bad song. Yeah, I just fully don't remember the sound of it. Yeah. It was made it was... in two days. It was made in the two days after. <laughs> yeah, that, it was so. originally recorded and uploaded to SoundCloud. Um, Fair enough. And I think they did kind of go back and remix and maybe improve it a bit for this album. But I just kind of, I need this to be like 100% more rude box. If, yeah. if it's going to be like a diss track towards the Brits, it should have a more interesting sound than this. Yeah, and I, I agree with you with the childhood stuff, because it feels like with the 80s and 90s, they were so comprehensive and yeah. so well executed. He's he's blown his entire beans for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Them done. two songs are, like, to put together back to back on an album, are like, they're really good. Really good. Like, we're touching, like, that's such good songwriting and such a good concept. They're, they're rude box, right? They are. Yeah, they're rude box. Yeah, end of rude box. I'm so angry that fi- that that that, that <laughs> film. I'm so angry that 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 album just doesn't get the respect. Um, yeah. Uh, what's our next one? Uh, so Super Tony. So yeah, skipping over national treasure. He makes Super loves Tony. cocaine. Absolutely it. loves it. It's embarrassing to listen to. Yeah, it's. He talks about it later as well. Like, there's a song where like the bridge is just like cocaine. It's so bad. It, it, all right, mate. I get it. You do coke. Give us a break. All right. Just give us the, a break. The backing vocals going go. Okay. That is this one. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, I thought it was a different later one. Yeah, it's so bad. You're getting confused. The later one where it's in Andy Warhol where it says cocaine in the bathroom. That's yeah. probably what you think. Okay. But um, this was interesting enough. It was produced by Candy Flip, who we know were Soul Mechanic, who produced the track Rude Box and a couple of the other Rude Box tracks, in collaboration with somebody called Daft Dog. That's actually that's actually deck from out and deck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to. I don't know what can make this any more entertaining. I found a photo a while back of um, Deck touching Robbie's penis. <laughs> we'll tweet that. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely won't tweet that. <laughs> yeah. Um, green light. I'm waiting for it. I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, another Francis Metcalf track and another one of their tracks which has the backing O's. Again, was uh, was Robbie also sleeping and having an affair with Jack Antonoff, or is it just coincidence? No, he was just jacking him off. <laughs> this is like another like nostalgic song. <laughs> For the record, John was having absolutely none of that. <laughs> Didn't smile and just kept reading his notes. <laughs> <laughs> this is another nostalgic song about like his late teens, early twenties. Yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel I- like the album. <laughs> Yeah, they're bad. They have like occasional glimpses of like good stuff. Uh, but... This, interestingly enough, I realize has the exact same verse melody as Mother Freaker from the Heavy Entertainment Show. So I think he probably reused that. There are a couple of points throughout. Like, the, there's a track earlier that I swear had the melody of a Take the Crown track, but it, it, the the combined like fogginess of trying to remember a track of Take the Crown and trying to remember a track of this, I think, made me lose some memories in the yeah. process. Should we? But yeah, this, uh, the final track is Bullet, which is just boring, and that's that album. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I literally, my note for that was just the word sure. With Bullet, apparently he did all the vocal. He did. He came up with the entire vocals and lyrics on the spot in one take, and that's the take they used. Are you serious? That's what he said. I will buy it on this occasion because it's not good. <laughs> 
Okay, so ratings, I guess, for Volume 1? Oh, I didn't write ratings. Yeah, I, I, don't I, I did. I'm like a 4 out of 10 for this. Yeah, I, would, I, think I'm, I think I'm slightly higher than you, so I'm going to give like a 5. I honestly like, although I've kind of forgotten how much I liked the pilot and the cure at the time, I, I was floating a 2. Genuinely wow. floating a 2. I really did not enjoy this. But now that I've realised the pilot and the cure probably were a little bit alright. It, it's like, I always think, uh, Intensive Care got a 3 because there were two tracks I liked a lot. The... the there's guy chamber stuff on here. Yeah, it's good. There's, yeah, we just we didn't talk about it because it it kind of does just blend together. Like, yeah, it's... but like there are there are songs on here that are good. Mm-hmm. In fact, like the more I think about it, I think I might bump it to a three. But yeah, yeah. I really didn't have a good time yeah. with this. I still think I I would still rather listen to this than Intensive Care. Hundred percent. I would agree with that. Yes. But it's not even. It's honestly not even close. I hate that album. To be fair, at least we've got stuff like the Brits here, which is weird. Yeah. In like yeah. a weird way. Uh, yeah, three. It's still yeah. three for me, but. Yeah, to be fair, you can say I'd rather listen to this than Intensive Care and then give this a two. You can appreciate it's worse, but be like, I still prefer it. Mm-hmm. Nah, to me, like, the worst yeah. thing an album can do is make me just not want to listen to it. Yeah, but... Intensive Care. So, volume two then. Releases the 30th of November 2017, recorded between 2004 and 2017. Cover talk. Are we doing it again? I don't like this one. Yeah, it's my this least is favorite the worst one. Yeah. Robbie's in an awkward pose, climbing up a tree, again with his ass out. Yeah, he looks weird as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just such a weird thing. I can't describe it. Like, he looks inhuman. He looks like an animal. He yeah, yeah, does. yeah. I guess that's what we were going for, but like, don't go for that. Um, <laughs> don't go for that weirdly enough this wasn't a case where he was like okay so the under the radar volume I had my arse out let's do a promotional picture for the second one where I've got my arse out He's, he just had this lying around he went for a walk in a what? private forest with Ida just completely naked he was just wandering around and asked her to take a cold picture so while he was climbing a tree and as you, you've probably seen the reverse cover where it's like him running through a field with his arse out and that was from the same same session of them just walking around I assume I was gonna make a joke about imagine the poor people who have to composite this. That isn't real. Wait, you thought it was photoshopped? Yeah, I he's assume... genuinely climbing a tree with his ass out. Yeah. Oh, silly me for not thinking he'd have his ass out climbing a tree. What? Why would that be a normal thing to do? <laughs> Obviously, it would be photoshopped. Obviously, you would take a photo of him in a climbing position with his ass out and then composite it on top I'd... of a tree. I'd... That is obviously the way to do it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's not the hardest thing in the world to climb. I mean, sure, it's a it's, tall tree. <laughs> he's quite high up. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, the, he's got, he might get splinters on his balls or something, but like, I can't. Oh remember. yeah, silly me for not considering the splinter on the ball factor. That's my favorite game show. <laughs> what even would that? Be? I don't know. I don't even want to think. Like, I don't know. We're all looking at it now just to be like, what would be more sensible, compositing or climbing a tree? <laughs> I do have some stuff to say about the... Um, it looks inhuman vacuum. as well. Like, that's yeah. why I assumed it was composited. No, his pose is very strange there. Um, do you see what I mean? It looks like someone's been told to stand and pretend they're climbing a tree, and then they've been composited on it. Oh no, he's fully got climbing shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> why? Imagine having your cock out but having climbing shoes on. Oh, and it is a tree specifically for climbing as well. Like, it has little rungs in it. Oh, okay, well that yeah. makes way more sense. That is so funny. He just did that. Yeah. Okay, but so we're going to have a cover. It's simple. The last one asked out. But there is a nice little breakdown online by the company who made the packaging for the CD of all the stuff they put in it. And there's a nice little detail where the CD itself looks like if you cut a tree and look at the rings. Oh, so cool. So it looks like a tree stump, kind of. It's yeah, a yeah, cool yeah. thing. Um, inside, it's got a few pictures of Robbie on tour and stuff. But it includes like a letter, like a letter for the fans like to thank them for buying this album. 
and it's got on it's, it's folded in half so it's got Robbie Williams printed on it and you open it up and it says dear fan Lorem Ipsum and it goes into Lee <laughs> it goes into not even just Lorem Ipsum but the introductory text for a website that's yeah, yeah. bragging about how good it's Lorem Ipsum content is where it's like this Lorem Ipsum is free from humorous interjections or real life words to make sure it is the perfect Lorem Ipsum stuff and then it says all that then it ends with yours sincerely Robbie Williams it's a really good bit yeah I think it's worth considering Lorem Ipsum is uh, like standardized yeah like, it's just filler. plain text it's like, filler text yeah <laughs> so when you're designing like websites or even newspaper articles or anything you want to get the layout you put Laura Ipsum in it so like you'd have real content there yeah just uh, he just I, essentially I think, put yeah dear fan sample text sincerely Robbie Williams yeah beautiful but joked about it being sample text as well it's not even that. It's literally copy and pasted from a website that's talking about the quality of its Lorem Ipsum. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like saying, this website's Lorem Ipsum service is the most realistic Lorem Ipsum. It's, it's just literally that. That's wild good. funny. But, um, yeah, so I guess we talk about the music. Yeah, so track one, Satellites. Uh, after the previous album, I really wasn't expecting this to be much better, but we get this track, and I think it's kind of transcendent. I think the yeah, song is amazing. I really like the sound. I, I was like, I don't have much to say, I just think it's good. For me, I, I can't speak to why, and I've tried looking to see if there's something that reminds me of it, but couldn't find it. But this evokes like such an intense nostalgia in me for like 2014-16. I don't know what it is about the sound, there must be some other song it's making me think of. But it's like so intense that so like I very rarely feel it. Well, Specifically, like the the muffled sound of the bass that opens it. I think I love that sound anyway. But yeah, I don't know. I do think it uh, it sounds quite a bit like Clocks by Coldplay as well. Definitely right. Like it does remind you of something that. Yeah. Uh, this one's a Stuart Price track. Who's the guy who's also worked with Killers? They did heavy entertainment stuff together. So yeah, I can see that track. that sound transferring. I don't think it sounds like a killer's track, but you can you can feel like the cousin of it. Do you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's obviously about Ida. Yeah, a lot of these songs are about Ida. Yeah, Ida never been able to tell. Nine to five. Yeah, I, I was. Yes, <laughs> I saw it was called nine to five, and I was like, surely not. And this is why I like sent you the picture. I'd literally just written the word yes in caps. These are my notes too. It's it's <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. It's terrible. It's absolutely dreadful. It's the worst production song I've ever heard so, ever the, written. The story about this song is it originally just started as a random instrumental that a guy called Piers Barron, who's a friend of like uh, Metcalf and Francis. He'd done this instrument and Robbie was listening to it and he just randomly started singing 9 to 5 over, over <laughs> it. So I said, okay, let's just make it a cover. So the song itself isn't 9 to 5, it's yeah, just yeah. instrumental that he's done. Yeah, the, the music is dreadful. It's abhorrent. It's that bad. It is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but like, he's singing 9 to 5 over it, so it's so fucking funny. When you see the title 9 to 5, you do think, surely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you literally, I went, it's not gonna be. Because especially I was stung last episode. What did he have that was a, the same name as something else? And I was like, oh, please be a cover. Yeah, last last episode he had Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. And I really hoped, I really hoped it was gonna be Pretty Woman. And obviously it wasn't, so I was bummed out by it. And I was like, I don't wanna get stung again by the old <laughs> 9 to 5 trick. Because it but, starts off with yeah. like a vocoder thing that isn't in the original track. Yeah, so I was hearing it, I was like, oh, it's definitely not. And the music doesn't sound even similar like as you said it's completely different instrumentation and i was like oh how disappointing and then he then i heard him go stumble out of bed <laughs> and i was like yeah <laughs> it was like a literal did a, did a celebratory lap around my bedroom i was like giving it the finger giving a celebration and everything yeah it, it's it's awful though it's absolutely dreadful there's one little detail like which is just for one of the chorus it goes 
ding. Like a little <laughs> checkout bell. <laughs> I want to say that's made me think it's worse, but okay. I don't think his vocals are particularly awful. Like they're fine. It's just I was just too bu- I was just too busy laughing. It just it, there's no reason for it to exist, yeah. <laughs> which is why it's not under the radar. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dolly Parton cover. Uh, interestingly, the only cover really that we've yeah. got. Um, what are we talking about next? Uh, I put down Ms. Pepper to talk about, but I don't really have anything to say other than it opens I, with a guitar lick that sounds very Oasis. I was going to say, it's yeah. the, it, we've always joked about him going Oasis, but this is the most, that, that it, not the song, just the intro guitar is yeah. the most Oasis he's ever been. Uh, but yeah, I think then we could skip past. Has Bambi. a good key change up as well. Just in, in, towards the end of the song, has a really good key, key yeah. change up. Uh, I think we skip past Bambi and Eyes on the Highway to get to Speaking Tongues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is very Robbie. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like, like a great holiday. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a rude box outtake. Yeah. I don't think it is because it was written by Johnny McDade, who's a member of Snow Patrol and who wrote Love My Life for Heavy Entertainment, so I think it must be from around that era. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, there's no way this could fit on Heavy Entertainment. No. This is This is essentially... A hip hop track, but it's kind of like got a '90s sort of party big beat kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah, it's like a party rap basically, and it tells a little story about Robbie, you know, going on a holiday, having some drugs, getting mixed up with some gangs and stuff. And it's the most sort of over the top, silly kind of take on that. that it yeah, can be. and it's a fun time. Yeah, it's, it's a good. fun time. Yeah, um, Robbie... this is this is what I wanted from this sort of shit. Like, do you know what I mean? It, this is yeah. I thought it'd be Robbie off the leash. Yeah, but it it it's, for me it's like too much of it. it's like a bland take the crowny intensive carry stuff. But this stuff is what you want. Yeah, yeah. But um, Robbie weirdly enough says that a lot of it is quite autobiographical. Like he had a very insane night uh, in some country or other. Um, he accidentally drank a uh, like a string called Poco Loco, and he thinks that some acid or mescaline was put in it or something. Then a bunch of other insane stuff happened, and he tried to bring back this girl to like his hotel, but the cat, the landlord was an, like a strongly devout Catholic who was like, "No, you can't bring back this girl to have sex in my place like, before you're married or whatever." And so Robbie knelt down and was like praying to the landlord to let him in, and the landlord punched him in the face. Sick. It was also on this holiday. It was in '94 uh, in Ibiza. A reformed gangster came to Robbie and tells him that like God had made him talk to him. And so Robbie goes back with him to his house and this guy starts reading the Bible to him in speaking tongues, which is why the song is called Speaking Tongues. And then eventually the guy starts trying to beat Robbie up. This all sounds great. Yeah, and the story apparently ends with Robbie going back home, going to Gary Barlow's house uh, to record with him and collapsing and then sleeping in Gary's bed for two days straight. And Gary, it's Gary's own bed. Gary didn't sleep with him. Gary took the sofa and just had Robbie let him lie on his bed for two straight days. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's great. What can I say? It's great. I think the way it, the chorus ends with "Before a disco biscuit, disco nap." Yeah, it's just like it's great. It's, it's the most like great. kids club holiday resort thing. Like even though it's talking about drugs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I don't have. I don't remember any of the actual song. I just remember being like, "We'll unpack this." It's a fun <laughs> like bouncy thing. It kind of reminds me of Fatboy Slim. Something he'd do. Yeah, that sort of like bouncy kind of. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Are we done speaking tongues? Are we about He's to go metal? Yeah. We're about to go metal. <laughs> I was really, really disappointed. I thought this could this this has the potential for so much better content, but it just it just doesn't really. Because what you see on the track listing is "Go Mental" by Robbie Williams featuring Big Nasty. Yeah, and someone else, but I don't know. Is it a sample? Uh, it, it's Robbie Williams' horn section, pretty much. So like, uh, like on tour with him, yeah. So this track is to me further evidence that Candy was a mistake. Mm-hmm. To me, this seems an evolution of that sound he did on Candy and uh, Going Crazy. With... Oh, that's weird. He did a track with Dizzy Rascal called Going Crazy and did a track with Big Nasty called Go Mental. 
the, the Dizzy Rascal track is well better. Like, massively better. Uh, yeah, Dizzy's verses on that are actually, like, fun yeah. to listen to. Big Nasty's verse on this feels like it was clipped out of another it, song. It's horribly so integrated. Bad. Like, it just randomly cuts to it. It's... Yeah, it's so bad. It's also not a very good verse. Yeah. I don't know how many, like... I mean, is Big Nasty considered a particularly good I don't think so. Anyway. I think it's just, I think it's yeah, just I funny think he exists. It's more of a personality than yeah. a musician. Yeah. You, get, you get some BDL action, which is always funny. <laughs> Bass defence. Yeah. BDL, my brother. Like, that, that is naturally funny. Like, that's why people love Big Nasty. Do you know what I also love? is like, Big Nasty's whole thing, when he talks about bass, he's not B-A-S-S, it's B-A-S-E. Yeah. His whole thing, like, to put it polite, is don't mess up the bass, it's in the basics. Yeah. Which, but the fact that he... Like it's it's the <laughs> the basic defense league basically, yeah. but um, the thing I've noticed about Big Nasty features because I've listened to quite a few tracks where Big Nasty pops up over my years. When Big Nasty appears in a song, it's like the time signature changes. His flow is so strange and so slow that the song has to essentially adjust to fit around him. <laughs> His flow on this, I could you even remember it? It feels like a yeah. jumbled thing. Yeah, it's it's mental how how weird like it just doesn't fit it's yeah it's bad i also because i i i didn't i don't know why but for some reason i was like is he not actually doing anything is he just doing like ad-libs over this because he does some ad-libs which sound fine like who really cares um and i was like is he not going to do a verse i had scrolled down the lyrics i was watching the video at the same time and he appeared and i was like what is going on (laughs) it was so weird honestly it's like you enter a different song yeah it genuinely is like big nasty has it's almost like the opposite of a flow. It's like you're taking some time out for him, like, in his full Uncle Payne persona to give you some advice. I've noticed that usually on his verses, he's giving the listener advice in some way, which yeah. is a really interesting thing, but he always, on verses that he's doing for other artists, manages to shoehorn in Brexit. Yeah, the Brexit shout-out is, is incredible. So he says, Brexit, peak times. Yeah. Calling Brexit, Brexit is... But, like, the way song. he delivers the word peak times is... <laughs> peak times! Yeah, like... In only a way Big Nasty could deliver that line. But like, again, he's not very good, but, like, who else would you rather have telling you that Brexit is peak times? He also, on a remix he did of the um, Nightcrawler's track uh, called Push the Feeling, which, although you won't know the title of it, you'll recognise it's like the... It's like a classic house track, yeah, basically. Yeah. But he did a remix of it, like, 20 years after it came out, and has the great line in it, Sexy, show me how you flex it. Are you ready to survive Brexit? <laughs> 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 he, he loves mentioning Brexit on his featured verses. But the track also like gives you a bit of an appreciation for just how good Big Nasty's voice is as a blunt instrument. Yeah. Like when he shouts in the background and stuff, it's like, yes, it's like being punched in yeah. the chest. He's got yeah. a great tone. But um we have to talk about the rest of the track. I don't do we have to? Do I don't we? remember anything, yeah. No, no, well I think it's just worth noting, like, it's the most commercial possible mm-hmm mid 2010s saxophone now tv advert ready yeah. rubbish yeah. I, I made like a note on some other tracks that like this is argos advert here 100 percent, 100 percent. but there's a vocalist in the chorus right this woman called andrea ruth and she does the part where there's one line i like in the song which is the rhythm of life is unkind but i keep grinning i think the way that's delivered is kind of like it's yeah. like oh we could sort of get wrapped up into some sort of madhouse thing the rest of the song doesn't capitalize on at all but um, so the story behind Andrea Ruth's feature on that chorus is Robbie saw Big Nasty's Uncle Payne videos online, thought they were funny, and was like, okay, I'd like to meet Big Nasty and I'd also like to collaborate with him. So he called him and they put the track together. And then Robbie was like, I'd love to have Shirley Bassey do this chorus. I mean, you think about it, Shirley Bassey would be amazing on this chorus. Yeah. 
And so he like mentioned that to Big Nasty, and Big Nasty does an interview in a newspaper. He says, "Yeah, I'm working on a track with Robbie Williams and Shirley Bassey." Robbie hadn't asked Shirley Bassey yet, and her team were very not pleased about that. Yeah. So he had to go with Andrea Ruth, who her only credit in the world is on this song. There's a Vice article specifically about this song that's called Robbie Williams's new track Go Mental with Big Nasty makes absolutely no sense. And in, <laughs> Very true. In, in, in the article itself, it's like, whoever the vocalist is, she must have been so ashamed as to not give her name or whatever. And for ages, I thought that she just wasn't credited. But no, it's somebody called Andrea Ruth. Maybe she's part of his touring band. I don't know. But yeah, it's a weird thing that doesn't excite you as much as it should. But yeah. as a video. Yeah. It is a bit... Yeah. So it's a combination of Robbie like dancing and singing basically in his garden, it looks like. Yeah. Um there's a bit of tour footage in there. We have the brass section playing their instruments while sat on to- sat on the toilet in yeah. toilet cubicles. Does, does the trombone elicit a load of smoke at one yeah, point? Yeah, like it does. Bomb. Smoke comes out of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trombone bong. Robbie wears a daddy pig t shirt. Yeah, that was funny. That, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he has see. a pepper pig daddy pig t shirt. So Robbie dabs in a daddy pig t shirt. Yeah. That's a good that's a good visual bit. He also, I'm going to be real, he doesn't look good in this video. Yeah. No, he looks bad. There's kind of a period around this time, like 2016, 2017, where he really isn't looking very good. I think he loses some weight in 2018 and he starts looking better then. But this isn't a very good period for him. And there are these close-ups of his face where he's doing the lyrics and there's just no passion put into it. Yeah. Like just opening it really doesn't feel like he's passionate. One thing I will say is, obviously, I haven't seen any of the live set stuff because I don't get to watch stuff. The live set does look great. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it looks really, really good, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, this video, it, it, it's another video from these sessions that just makes you think, why does it exist? You yeah. Know? It doesn't offer anything that... It doesn't add anything to anything. But what are we doing next? We've gone mental. Uh, now. Track 8, Run It Wild. I hate this track so much. And this was, like, the final thing that made me snap and, like... Francis and Metcalf are like my new enemy number one now. Jack Antonoff is off the hook. It's these guys who are the biggest threat to pop music. It's just all they is do. Good, do they do anything else? Like, do they I, I don't think else? so. No. So they're not really much... a threat then, are they? But all they do is just make songs that remind you of stuff you'd rather be listening to. Like this yeah. is just really diet Springsteen shit. And I hate them even more because this song has some backing vocals where it goes when you let your love run wild, and they are terrible vocals. Like the singing is really whiny and awful and terrible. And it turns out it is Flynn Francis singing it. So I'm kind of like, yeah, these two are talentless. They suck. Like, even Be A Boy, which is one of my favourite Robbie Williams songs, I listen to it and I think, oh, this is Robbie's Midnight Sea. Like, they're incapable of doing anything original. It's all entirely influenced and they suck. And I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess me as well. It's that kind of jumped up little upstarts. They were in their mid-twenties by the time they were working to Take the Crown. So it's like, I don't know, I just feel like they should at least be better than the chances that they seem to be where they're just copying the sounds of the day. Yeah. Like, if you're that young, just bring Robbie Williams some new stuff to the table. Don't be copying what's around you. But yeah, every single song reminds me of that Centre Park's average. It's like, oh, 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 this is going to be the best day of my I life. I that song so much. Every single song that sounds Now like you've it. said that, yeah. Yeah. They shoehorn in those horrible, oh, 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 vocal centre. The millennial woe. Yes, yeah. that is it. I've... That is the millennial woe. Jeez, oh, I experienced a lot of millennial woe when I listened to the tracks. Millennial. Yeah. Yo, we should make a song about that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone write a song specifically just where we use the word millennium? I've got 75% access to a Bond theme. And we've got stars <laughs> directing our fates. So, I mean... Yeah. I'll tell you through the television. Um, I'm having such a miserable time right now. <laughs> Uh, this one has a video as well. No, it doesn't. It has to, honestly, <laughs> it doesn't. Forget what I said about that Swings Both Ways one, whatever it was called, man. 
Oh, what was it? It was the Dream Little Dream one. Mm-hmm. Forget what I said. This is the worst Robbie Williams video by a large margin. Yeah. It's so bad. It's him in black is and white. Is the logo not the Northampton Saints logo? I didn't even notice what he was getting tattooed. You know, they're like... Do you not get to the end and it shows like a stick... I, I just skipped through this one. It shows like a stick it. figure with like an angel and he has some in his hand. And that's like... Like, that's, like, the Northampton Saints that sell, like, merch with, like, that logo on. I should probably check, because I watched it at two times speed. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I, I just sit through it because I was, like, listening to the videos oh, in order yeah. with the album to save myself time. So, to summarise this video, Robbie is in black and white, and he's lying face down on a table while somebody tattoos his arm. And he is actually getting tattooed, it's not, like, a fake thing, but it's... There, nothing interesting happens. There are a few camera angles, one from above and one on the side, one of his face, and it just cuts between them with no sense of momentum or whatever. Robbie's entirely stationary for the video's duration. It's it's like the opposite of what a music video you, You're honestly be. giving it too much credit by talking about it for this long. Like, it doesn't deserve reaction. I just think it's uniquely terrible. Yeah. In that I don't know it, what Robbie was thinking. At least have something else to cut to. Um, oh yeah, what do I want to say about Numb? Um, I have nothing yeah. to say about oh, yeah. Numb. Numb is funny to me because it's it's Robbie again doing one of his alien songs. I think they're always very funny because you don't get artists in earnestly writing songs aimed towards an extraterrestrial audience. <laughs> he's doing one here, he talks about, you know, he's sending a message to the stars and whatnot, but it's also from the perspective that he himself is an alien. He's like, I never felt comfortable on Earth, please take me to, you know, Venus or wherever it is. And I, I also find it funny that it contains the lyric, I've become so numb. Which Lincoln Park type beat, and uh, it has the exact same chords as "Save Your Tears" by The Weekend, and that was the same chord progression. Um, that's about it. I just find Robbie Williams bringing his alien stuff into his music to be very funny every time it happens. Yep. So track ten, Andy Warhol. This is pretty good. Yeah, I don't like the like pre-chorus, whereas like the very like wop 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 instrumental. Yeah. Um, but I like like the. Very like dancey pop guitars in the chorus. I really oh, yeah. like it. That's so nice. I, not, I, I don't like the bridge. It, it's like um, cooking in the bathroom. Yeah. I like your shoes. I like your top. Oh, it's yeah. it's very. It's not really. It doesn't add to anything. Interestingly enough, um, in that part, uh, and on the chorus, Ida is doing background vocals. Oh, cool. Yeah, good she's for doing. Her. But the chorus is so good on this man. It was like a. It was like a little pool of water after crawling through yeah. the desert for so long. It's funny when he says, I like your swatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny line. It does also, so it's just a song where the chorus is like, uh, you know, We're with Andy Warhol in Studio 54. It's got a really nice swinging vibe to it. But it's completely incoherent with what the rest of the song's saying. Yeah. The pre-chorus bit starts with, hey baby, it's the 80s. Yeah. And all the Andy Warhol stuff he's talking about was 1960s, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no coherence to it, but it just, man, it's nice to hear a track that's fun. Mm. Uh, it's just, this to me is, like, I have fond memories of it. It's almost like, I don't know, like, the lady who brought you milk when you were in wartime. You know, that, like, I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about anymore. Um, oh, this one has a video as well. Yeah. It's a lot of, all of Robbie's dancers around him that, dancing while he sings. That jacket is fucking awful. It's <laughs> one of the worst jackets I've ever seen. Uh, they have a blow-up doll. Like yeah, a sexy yeah. one. Robbie's got lipstick on him. Yeah. Robbie's lit like a serial killer. They put like this light above his head that just casts down these yeah. shadows across his face. I think the thing with the dancers all around him having fun is like actually quite good. Because like, I think just the aesthetic of like... <laughs> I think what you want to say is at least something happens in this one. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah like, it's, it's something that I've always found quite interesting, which is like the aesthetic of like model type women, but sort of because a lot of times when you see fashion models photographed, they have to be extremely serious. 
But here you have that aesthetic combined with this them just being encouraged to behave in a completely unhinged manner and just have fun, do whatever. Okay. That, it seems like it's a fun set. But again, I don't know if it's maybe when he was talking about the Botox not being able to move his forehead, but throughout mm. these videos, there's this general thing of Robbie is so much less emotive with his, with his face. He just yeah. feels restrained. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think this so far, of all the videos I saw for these albums, I think this is probably maybe the best one. I don't know. There's not really much to talk about. We'll get onto one later that is actually quite inventive, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the best video so far. It's the fact it's in colour helps, because the other ones, they don't use black and white well at yeah. all. My fuck you to you, which mm. I need to say it. What the fuck is going on in this title? It gave me an aneurysm trying to read it. My brain could not process the structure of this title. <laughs> it was like my fuck. What I just my brain could just not get my right my my head around it. it. It's an interesting story behind this one, right? Who do you think this is about? Well, I'm gonna say the take that manager guy, but it's too obvious. Is it gonna be about someone else? Well, for Robbie, it is. But the thing is. This wasn't written by Robbie. It was written by Phil Eisler, a bassist who's worked with Robbie and has done some, you know, touring stuff with yeah. him. Robbie said he basically like tweaked a few words, but he, he essentially said it's a cover of Phil Eisler's song. It's... And I just find it weird that a song that you hear it and you're so obviously like, okay, this is Robbie directly commenting on Nigel Martin Smith. That's and insane. Finding out that, oh, this is just written by somebody else. And when you hear stuff like, you know, you were in my life since I was 17 or whatever, that directly is like, okay, that's, that's got to be the take that stuff. But... Yeah, yeah. Especially because he was like 16 at the time, 17. Yeah, yeah. But he also, uh, in the track by track stuff, he says like, yeah, uh, tell me in the comments who you think this song might be about. Because he can't say it. Yeah. And it's quite obvious that that's who he's talking about. But I just found that interesting that it seems so obviously to come from Robbie and it's just not at all. I think the song itself is really boring. Yeah. I'd yep, hope really song with this title to be more interesting. But it's, it's a bit just like not... Go Metal. Like, the title has mm. set me up with too much expectation. It has a video, which I'm sure you've probably already forgotten. Uh, it's him in black. I clicked through it. Yeah, it's Robbie. I didn't Williams even watch is, uh... it two times. I guess it's unfair for me to judge this song because I didn't listen to the full song. I clicked through it at points. You honestly didn't. I mean, it sounds unprofessional. So I'm not sure if I watch this one. What is it? It's like Robbie's two C slide. He's in like his big LA marble house playing pool. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did watch it. I just didn't make any notes. Yeah, yeah there's nothing. Robbie's just playing pool and walking around a house empty. The the thing is right. Robbie's actually a pretty tall guy. Whoever films him in a lot of his videos, particularly his social media, it must be a friggin' giant. Is, I think it's a guy called Leo Morin or something. He does have like a videographer following him specifically to do the vlogs and stuff. He needs to hold his camera low. He makes Robbie look really short when he's just not. That's an issue with this video. Man, there is not much to talk about here. Uh, weakness. Yeah, sure. to have weakness. I don't have anything to say about it, but it's probably worth mentioning just because it's written alongside Gary Barlow. Yep. Yeah, I did spot that actually. And you can um, feel about that Gary sentimentality, I think. Yeah. Um, so... Who cares? Um, ratings, I'd give this a four, I think. I think this one is worse than the first one. Yeah. I'd give this one a three out of ten. Fair. I'd go four. Man, I'm going three as well, yeah. I think this one's definitely worse. I... The only track, like, I fully, completely love is Satellites. Like, I like the chorus of Andy Warhol as well. Whereas the first one at least had a couple of songs that I was into. This one's yeah. pretty much just the one. This one at least, like, sort of kept me entertained a bit more. He said this is the one now and she's the one. What's really What are these bits, man? We have nothing to work on. Yeah. The, it's so just, sad. Let's just, let's just get through volume three and then you said, guy said you had something, right? You said oh. you were going to talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if that's the type of thing we should tease for like the big ending. But. <laughs> um, volume three releases the 14th of February, 2019. 
we don't have any information about when this was recorded. I couldn't find anything because this one doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. really? It's one of those proper, like, click on it, Robbie Williams discography. Even, we mentioned the track by tracks that he did. For this one, you can't just access them on YouTube. Normally, there's a trailer for them and you have to download the Robbie Williams app to get onto them. Did you do it? I did, yes. And the interesting thing is, like, half of them are behind a paywall. You have to become a premium member of the Robbie Williams app. Which I tried to do, but there's like it wouldn't let me. When you put your email address in, it says it's not recognised, even though I used it to sign into the app. So I couldn't do it. But I found some like weird Italian blogs that had got all the unlisted YouTube links for them. <laughs> so I did manage to get access to all the track by track. Some of the anyway. sites you have linked me in when you've sent me stuff on this is insanity. You shouldn't be in that part of the internet. Like <laughs> this website, it was just like a random Italian blog spot that had all these links, but I tried linking it directly to Matthew first and Facebook wouldn't let me. <laughs> so like, no, the site is unsafe. So I had yeah. to go into all the YouTube links and put it into a playlist and then link in that. Exactly. <laughs> On the bright side, at least you've done the hard yards. Like we can just you know, we can just tweet out the playlist that we really need to. Although I don't I don't, I don't know. know if we can. Yeah. If you if it's behind a paywall that you cannot pay for then it's free. It's, uh, some, a lot of them have like less than 100 views. Yeah. Like nobody's yeah. watching them. Yeah. So this is some real like, exclusive scoops we're doing out there. But I still am interested because there's like other premium content on the app that it doesn't even show you what it is. Like it, there is no thumbnail. It just has a lock and like says premium content. So there's no information as to what it is and I'm curious as to what other stuff he has on there. Robbie comes but, to your house and uses the toilet. But I mean, you literally cannot pay for it. So... Yeah. Okay, um... <laughs> literally, literally trying to sign up for Rob Williams' only fans. <laughs> uh, so, track one, The Impossible. Well, I think we need to do a bit of cover talk. Oh, maybe. yeah, so, sorry, cover yeah. talk, yeah. Apparently it's Beirut. He did a video doing an unboxing of this album. I think it comes as, like, a fridge magnet or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just what I want, a Robbie Williams yeah. fridge magnet. What is a fridge no, magnet it's, it's, I don't know, I, I wasn't really paying attention to the video and I don't teach my speed, but he's like unboxing, he opens it and the fridge magnet falls out and he goes like, oh there's a fridge magnet I wanted. <laughs> like he specifically requested a fridge magnet to come with the album. <laughs> I found it, I found it. So... Fuck <laughs> <laughs> one's fridge magnets. I, I, I find them proper confusing. Do you guys have fridge magnets on your fridges at home? Yeah, there's some, yeah. It's like just a holiday souvenir type thing. I, I do not understand them at all. They they genuinely confuse me. Magnets, how do they work? <laughs> Please um, tell me where this picture was taken. So, uh, it wasn't Beirut, but it wasn't London either. I found the website. Of course it wasn't Beirut, my ass. I don't know what Beirut <laughs> is, okay? I don't, that place could be a desert, it could be an ice place, I could, it could be World 2. I don't know, but like, I found this website, the Creative Corporation, they were behind the packaging, and Robbie was going to do a gig in Buenos Aires. Oh, that's okay. where it is. But the gig got cancelled, so he says, the gig got cancelled, so I got naked. And that's the photo. As taken. you do. <laughs> but the thing is, I think it was probably taken by a drone. I think. Yeah, it looks like it. Because he's not going to set up a crane for an under the radar. I mean, that or it's just like a building across the street. Yeah. <laughs> like, it could also just be a building across the street. I'm... <laughs> I, I don't know, I feel like something's come out of me. <laughs> Some good has flown away or something. Yeah. I, just, I feel drained, man. Is um, it time to do The Impossible? Yeah, track one, The Impossible. I really like this one. I think this one's really good. I didn't write a single thing. Uh, I think this one is kind of killersy and u 2 -y. Um, it I has like these very propulsive uh, marching drums I think it's really good I think it's like one of the best takes on the Take the Crown sound is what I thought mm -hmm. it, reminds it actually of... isn't from the album because it's a Chambers track oh wow yeah. yeah Gary Chambers wrote the best song Take the Crown pass it on 
Um, yeah, I think this is this one stuck out to me as like being a good track. Um, interestingly enough, I the track has a video. I think it's a good video. Uh, the video is really interesting. Yeah, uh, for me it's just kind of like it's obviously a nice, well-made thing. I just didn't find it very compelling. Oh, I uh, okay. I don't know if it's compelling, but I think it's worth talk, talking about because it's yeah. impressive artistically. There's obviously yeah. there's effort that's gone into this one, yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. there hasn't for pretty much. Every it's other a mixture one. of CG and paper models in stop frame animation. Uh, the end of like a truck destroying stuff, and then Robbie stands in front of it. It follows like a, a paper boat, like boat. a paper hat boat. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and then like Robbie stops it being destroyed by this truck that's destroying a city, and then puts it back in like the sea. Um, like I like Journey music videos. You know, where it falls like an object, like yeah. Daft Punk had one for Revolution Nine Nine, where it falls like tomatoes from like when they're picked to when they become like a spaghetti bolognese. And this one's cool because you get to see where this little stop motion paper boat goes. Yeah, it's cool. I think obviously the big truck destroying everything at the end is like. You know, the song is talking about when people hate you and they think you're bad and they cringe at you and whatnot. And I think that truck, in a way, represents negativity in that way. Yeah. But yeah. But it's it's impressive artistically. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like well who, made. Whoever made that, like whatever production company, did a good job. Yep. I think that is why I consider maybe this is the best video from the thing. You know? Oh, it's definitely yeah. the best video, but the bar is on the floor. The bar's low. Yeah. Oh, I messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He tried to do a Gary Barlow joke. Everyone needs to know. Yeah. Okay. What is it? Do we talk about gold now? Track two, gold. I really like this one as well. I really like. I, this one. I I think the mastering on it is fairly awful. Like no matter what volume I listened to, at there was like crackling noises, like it was peaking kind of. Oh, um, I didn't hear it, that. It's also way louder than the other tracks. Like when you get to track three, it dips in volume. I don't know that because actually. I don't on YouTube, so like going yeah, between yeah, apps. Yeah. Is, like, no, yeah, I'm talking specifically yeah. about Spotify. It might be different on YouTube, yeah. Um, I, I didn't like this. It, it was another unmemorable one for me. I think in general the sound that I like, I like r certain kinds of Robbie, and there's a kind of ballady. I don't even know if this is a ballad, but there's certain it's times. A ballad. It's not. Yeah, a ballad, I, 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 slightly. I know, but there's certain modes of Robbie where it's like you can tell he's doing stuff that feels fairly standard, like pop stuff, and I, I want a bit more weirdness from Robbie, and when he doesn't do it, it just feels a bit more like a chore for me. Yeah, I don't. This is not weird anyway. No. Yeah, like, I just think it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ida's doing backing vocals. Oh wait, she does. There's like an interlude bit where she apparently does some. She's credited as voiceover, but I couldn't make her out because the spoken word bit sounds like Robbie's saying it, but I think she might be in a layer below yeah. him. But that's that's interesting. Daddy Ryan. Yeah. Um, again, I think this one is decent. I don't yeah. like as much as the first two. But... I also don't want to die, Robbie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interestingly, this track apparently originally had a sample from the Sydney Bloom movie Network, uh, but it would have cost too much, so it had to be removed. Huh. This is the one where I think the guitars have a real U two y sound to them. Mm. Specifically, the guitars, not the song. I think maybe like I'm not a big U two guy. I know you guys. They have know. a very, I'm not. They I don't have a very like distinct U2. guitar sound, though. Yeah, yeah just guitars. Yeah, I don't like U two. <laughs> yeah, I just I just noticed that it's it's got that real you know like sort of building guitar sound yeah. they use I guess like that sort of 80s sound that kind of 80s stuff really doesn't rub well with me so like when Robbie does it it just doesn't click with me a lot it's really cool to hear him talk about his balls yeah the bridge of this is him saying you need big balls yeah it's, big, it's big, big 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 balls he thinks he's Billy Big Balls yeah <laughs> it's funny because his name's William wow yeah you didn't even mean it. He says he wants to talk about killing somebody, not literally, but kind of. On this track. I think the way he delivers that line is good. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> he literally thought about killing you. Premeditated murder. Uh, what's next? Track four, Good People. 
I think this one is amazing. It's I got a great so sample, doesn't yeah. it? I like the sample. The, the way it very, very like, slowly and quietly kicks yeah. in. Yeah, that's why I've got a great sample with the vamping pianos. Is it Guy Chambers? No, this is Stuart Price again. Oh, right, I would say. It's very, the sort of like build-up is very Chambers mm. for me. Uh, yeah, it's a good sound. That I think the lyrics need a polish. Yeah, uh, the first time I listened to it, I get the one thing I had is I wish it had a better chorus that kind of hit a bit more. That's one. But listening to it more, like I think it's just like a nice kind of disco dancey track. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. this is a good one. Um, what are we doing next? Track five, indestructible. I love this track. This was like a love light level surprise for me. I think yeah. this one is so so unbelievably good. I yeah. love this track so much. I love the, like, it's got, like, real dance sort of drums. You know, yeah, like that, it's that kind of the trip-hoppy. Yeah, 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 exactly. I also, um, like, I love the da-da-dee-da-da-da sample. So, yeah, so this track is massively built off of the track Gypsy Woman by Crystal Waters. Okay. 1991 house track. Huge hit. Huge hit. Unbelievably good track. Yeah, like a real yeah I, I know the original. Yeah, is this yeah. the one you were talking about earlier now? Uh, what, what do you mean? The track you were talking about, like... Like fifty minutes ago in this episode, no, just ignore that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I I know this original song. I love it. So the Crystal Waters track is like you can see that as such a jumping off point for a lot of pop music that embraced a sort of artificial clinical solar sound. Yeah. The synth, the keyboard sound of that is unbelievable. Yeah. The fact that her vocals so attached is so good. To hear Robbie take that chord progression and have a big brass band play it, and then have himself in the back and do the da da dee la da. Yeah. Combined with how great the chorus melody he's got is, mm. it's just. The, the horns oh, coming in in the chorus is like a really so magical good. moment. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this is the absolute 110% standout of the entire yeah. collection. Mm-hmm. I love this track. Uh, yeah, it's just... And Robbie like pays, like in the track by track, he does pay a good amount of credit to the Crystal Waters track because he just yeah. sort of says, like, this is an absolute banger. It's like a really... I, I, I share many opinions with him on that track. I, I love that track. It's been yeah. sampled like a million times by a million different artists. It's almost like an instrument in itself at this point. It's like the yeah. Amen break where it's yeah. like a recognisable thing of... It doesn't. It just feels like a part of, you know, people can use it now. Yeah, you know? I could talk about that for ages, but the, this track made me think that he he should do a full on like dance disco album. Yeah, yeah. I agree. This, this is... and Love Light are like two of the biggest surprises we've had in this yeah. discography. Also, the stuff that he does like the Cure on the Pilot would fit into that yeah. sort of sound. Yeah, it, I think it's... he could write a really interesting sort of dance pop album. Yeah, and it's something yeah. I think nobody would really expect from him as well. But if he comes out with something that's like ten tracks of this quality, then people are gonna like it. I think. Tracks like that will stand a better chance of being hits than the kind of Love My Life, um, part of like a Russian stuff he was putting out singles yeah, 100%. at the time. 100%. I think if he goes for a full like dance pop mm-hmm. album with stuff like this, he, can, he, he clearly really like respects that time of music as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop and house. He seems to really have a lot of time for it. So he clearly understands it. He can use more samples from it. You know, clearly he knows people that know how to make this stuff well. It's just all there on the table for him. I, I hope... It, I don't know what he's working on right now. I literally don't no know. Idea. I, I, I saw he has a new release on Spotify, but I haven't listened to it. I, I think it's something he played for Soccer It's like a charity single, basically. It's nothing too revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to talk about that right now, but yeah. like, it, it's right there on the table for him. If he can piece this together, like what we're discussing, if he releases another album, I don't know what he's doing with his life, it would be really interesting to see that. Also, in Europe, that'd do 80 billion sales. Yes. Yeah. That would go sicko mode. That would go. I think it's worth mentioning the remix. I think the remix is pretty good. Yeah, I think it's really yeah. good as well. It's not as good as the original, but again, it's another type of track that I think if you released as a single, it would do pretty well. Like, it, yeah. It, the Project Money is kind of interesting. They're apparently the people behind the music for The X Factor. Oh. He was on The X Factor at the time and he basically got them to do a mix of it. 
Um, at the time, before the Sam came out, he did a vloggy, he did a series of vloggy Williams things where he basically played two versions of a song or played two different songs and like got people to vote on what they wanted to go on under the radar volume three. And he played both versions of Indestructible and said, you pick what mix goes on the album. But they both ended up on, so... Someone probably got him in the ear and was like, both of them have to go on, they're yeah. both good. I actually wonder how... I think he had, I think he could really... I know we're talking about him just doing a dance album as well. But I think he, he could sort of... I don't think he's too big for it, but he could be the sort of person that can just turn up on other people's like dance songs mm. from today. There are a couple of times where he has. I think we should cover that in another thing. But he he has popped up as a surprising feature on some tracks. Yeah, I just think you know, like you know, I mean, like singing a hook somewhere. Yeah, he could yeah, be yeah. really good at. No, he's it, a bit above that though. He doesn't need it. Specifically, the indestructible remix. I thought like if this was a clean bandit song with Robbie Williams featured on it, it would be a number one. Oh, like, I was, no, yeah. I was thinking that exactly. Like yeah. I, I I wrote that. I wrote like this. This is a hundred percent club music. Mm-hmm. Like in in a good way. I mean, like you could go into a club and this could be on. And like that sort of recontextualizes all of Robbie Williams. Mm. Like if he he would gain mainstream popularity again, mm. and people m- may discover what we have discovered. Like I think if people our uh, our age knew how fucking weird he was, like and didn't think he was just boring and like you know, like music for your grand, like mm. people trying to think he is. I think people would genuinely really like Robbie Williams. I think yeah. Over the courses we've discovered, there is so much good stuff in this man's discography. Yeah, so much. And yeah. so much stuff that even if it isn't great, is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing after this? Uh, I think we're going to skip over No Fucks, Underkill, and Bye Talks Bye. about Virginia again and No Fucks, but who cares? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the one where I made the note. I feel like he's at the point where he just stopped singing about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I think then just moving on to Reality Killed the Video style. Yeah, which I wrote as album track. Do you get it? It was a funny joke. So one of, the, one, yeah. <laughs> one of the interesting things about this track is if you look at the credits for it it's entirely credited to Robbie Williams yeah. e- even the instrumentation is Robbie apparently there are no other credits on this and oh, he, okay. he says in the track by track that he did do it all himself so cool and I don't think it's very good yeah but, I don't think it's very yeah. good either it, it, there's a really weird story behind the title of this mm-hmm. So he wrote the track around um, the mid 2000s. I think he said intensive cut. Yeah, I, I act like so. Genius's website layout, not on their phone, has the box at the side that says it. And I was like, these aren't that important. I'm not hiding myself that much. Yeah, he has actively said he wrote this during intensive care. Yeah, and, he, and boy, can you fucking tell? He had lost it for a number of years. Yeah, past. You know, reality killed the video. He says like when he did reality killed the video, sorry, kind of forgotten about this song. Yeah, he'd like, forgotten that t- that was the title. Yeah, of this they song. weren't really connected in any way. Yeah. So there is no connection between this and the album of the same name. Baker, he rediscovered it on a laptop um, and decided to release it. Um, it's about. I wish he hadn't. It's yeah, it's it's nothing too wild. Uh, he he said it's um based on a thing I mentioned in a previous episode where he <coughs> met up with someone from his childhood again, tried to make it work with them. Yeah. and it didn't really work out and he said though that he still feels a great amount of affection for this person that they're very important in his life it's uh, really fucking boring though. yeah you have the return of the Toys R Us yeah the actual Toys R Us version as well the, the line he gave to Gary and Gary went shut the fuck up Robbie we're not <laughs> saying that um, so that's that um, uh, track 11 I just want people to like me which is another Metcalf and Francis track <sighs> But I think as far as they go, it's not one of their worst. I think this one is okay. I really like the very like jaunty, repetitive keyboard yeah. in it. Um, it's it just felt to me like Robbie, uh, Robbie going Rolling Stones mode very rarely pays off for me, and I think this is an example of him just sort of. 
I, I think Bruce Lee is the only time where it's really all come together, but this one, yeah, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say. He says, I can't dance, I can't sing. Just didn't someone say that to him once, that he can't dance, can't sing? He's basically, he said that he wanted the lyrics to intentionally, like, annoy people. He wanted to play up to this idea of Robbie Williams as the arrogant guy or whatever. But he's already done that on Handsome Man of Escapology. And this feels like that as, you know... Again, just it, a lot of this stuff it feels like... He about being rich again as well. So I'm just always funny. It ends with the line, Kara Knightley, I just want people to like me. He said that um, the reason he did that was because it rhymed. Yeah, I feel like people do like Kira Knightley. But he, what do you want? I don't. He said like a bit about, but it didn't really seem like he had anything to say about. It. He said that he never played Kira Knightley. Yeah, and people shouldn't think that he and Kira Knightley ever had a thing because they didn't. And he says she probably has a very nice personality. That's the most respectful thing I think he's ever said about a woman ever. <laughs> Is Robbie okay? Is twenty nineteen Robbie doing all right? I mean, it, uh, I'm not. <laughs> Hunting for you, okay? Uh, well, no. Uh, as always, like me, has a video which is on top of the skyscraper. We mentioned. Oh, earlier, I literally just, didn't write a note about it. Yeah, just mentioned again. It's nothing interesting. It's just on top of a building performing. It's like it's like a one camera setup. It's even though he's on top of a building, it's clearly still just another like. Let's yeah. just ask this building if we can do this, and they did it. You see, this is actually my favorite video. I, I did this one it. was really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna cut. I was gonna just go on like a two minute spiel about how good I thought it was, and then cut yeah. the entire thing. Yeah. Um. He did say that the this video was shot just for a gig he did in Guadalajara that was inside a barn. He said it was great, although depending on which way the wind went, he could smell cow poo. That's something. <laughs> uh, then track twelve and thirteen are just different mixes of tracks from Take the Crown. You have Hunting for You, Acoustic, and Into the Silence, Ambient. Which are two of the least interesting tracks from that album. Actually, I think they're probably better here just because they're not I as agree. drowned in the overproduction. Yeah. I, I actually agree. I think both of these here. versions are, are better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Weirdly enough, in the track by track, he says he thinks Into the Silence is quite possibly the best song he's ever written. I he's have just wrong. no idea. Yeah, he's it. just wrong. Like, he is just wrong. It, it, yeah, pretty much. I just don't. I feel like a constant time so his career he said this is the best thing I've written and every time he's been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Including one time where it was something he hadn't written. It's interesting though, because a lot of time it is like, it is for whenever the album is coming out, like he'll be really high on something like this is the best thing I've ever written. But this is like a solid seven years after Take the Crown and he still yeah. thinks this is that good. Which again, it's just not. Now so, we're here. Now. Final track, the national anthem of Robbie. Now this, for me, listen to these three albums was an incredibly painful slog. Yeah, I did it last night in like between like nine and like half eleven. I had work I had to do afterwards as well. This was incredibly sloggy and yeah. But reaching this, the national anthem of Robbie, was like you have to climb the mountain to reach the peak. Yeah. Oh boy. This song. It's I'm I'm getting happy thinking about it. <laughs> we I, I did mention it on the previous episode because this was the song that he used to open his heavy entertainment show tour. So this would play out to the whole stadium before heavy entertainment show kicks in. Then he comes on stage. So good. We I, have to describe it. It's I, I wrote what is there to say? Cause just oh, should we just go lyric by lyric? Because it's yeah. pretty short. We can. It's God bless our Robbie. He is king of song. He can swing like a bastard and can rock all night long. Yes, he went to rehab. Drugs and drink took him low but he would still make root box and give rap a go. But when all is considered, he still rules, rules the throne. God bless our Robbie, he can swing both ways. He is totally global, except in the US of A. 
One day he will be knighted and his work will be done. He'll stand proud and fearless. He'll face forever, his face forever young. God bless our Robbie. He is so well hung. Like, I put this I put this in the chat last night. And, like, I, this isn't the final episode. This isn't the final thing we're going to do. But I'm kind of done. Like, it's, it's that good. It's everything this podcast has built to. Like, everything has built to the national anthem of Robbie. His career... And everything we followed, it, it ends here. I know there's a Christmas album, but for me, this is it. I'm reminded of this blog I used to read when I was younger. It was a David Bowie, every single track analysed. It was called Pushing Ahead of the Dame. And it set out the track Ashes to Ashes that this is the last David Bowie song. No matter how many songs come after it, this is such a fitting end cap and the summary of all his interests. Yeah. This is the final this David is it. Bowie song. This, this is everything about Robbie Williams that makes sense. It's And it's also, we haven't even described the sound. Yeah. This is sung by a gigantic choir yeah. to the tune of Land of Hope and Glory by Edward Elgar. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so good. It's actually good as well. It, it's honestly a highlight of the album for me. Like yeah. it's, it's like a tr- That inclusion improved my rating on the album. It was completely written by Guy Chambers. So I think they said they were in Berlin and a uh, guy went out like on a bike ride and when he came back to the hotel he just had this song in his head <laughs> that, that is the, the thing is though, that like that is the sort of shit you come up with as a joke and yeah. you would sing it to something like Land of Hope and Glory because it's like such an easy tune to remember you know like Land of Hope, Hope and Glory yeah exactly so you just sing dumb shit over that and then you'd be like and he is so well hung and be like oh shit we should release that <laughs> it's just amazing like you say it covers everything it covers the fact that you know he's had issues with drink and drugs it covers the existence of rude books specifically it covers his you know um playing about with his sexuality the fact that he didn't make it in america and the fact that he never shuts off about his penis all of it that's robbie williams yeah tied in a bow uh, yeah exactly that's that's what i mean like that's why it's the end like because we've, we've literally tied a bow on it and he's done it for us it's like I, I honestly like I worry about the existence of this song because you kind of don't need to listen to every single episode of this podcast you can just listen to the yeah, if you want to Robbie. understand Robbie Williams and why we find him so interesting you have to hear this song it's the definitive Robbie article and he didn't even write it it's 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 it, what it is really is someone else doing a one and a half minute version of our entire podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah just about all the dumb shit in the middle <laughs> like it's so unbelievably good and it really uh, does feel like a conclusion it feels that you have to listen to these three incredibly boring albums to get to this beautiful shining peak of pure it's, Robbie it's so weird you can't describe the emotion and feeling of closure like I, I, I don't know how you describe it but you know when you have it and at the end of this song I had closure <laughs> I was like this is a wound I have opened up for months on end about Robbie Williams you guys even more than me I, I've had to live in this world and I was like I have closure from it there's everything i ever wanted from it all diluted into one two and a half minute cover of landed hope of glory it's the kind of ending that makes you leave the cinema smiling yeah exactly i, I honestly was sat in my room like just at my desk where i'd been listening i was just like yeah yeah like pure satisfaction there's nothing more that's it yep I am, I'm excited for it, but I am genuinely sad we have to cover a Christmas album. I know what you mean. This is such a perfect end cap. Yeah. Like, you know. The thing you were saying about Bowie, about Bowie, so right. Like, sometimes an artist just releases something and you go, yeah, like, that is their end point, and you may choose to do more, and it may be good, 
like you may release things that are still good music but like you as an artist that is that is the final point there I feel like this needs to play at his funeral yeah almost certainly yeah that's that it would just sum him up everything that we know about him is summed up into two and a half minutes beautiful yeah. anything you want to say John? no I just imagine like how amazing seeing him live must be the one two three punch of National Anthem, Heavy Entertainment, then Let Me Entertain You. I cannot wait to go see him live. Because we're going. We have to. Like, as soon as the world is non-COVIDed and he's touring again, mm. we're going. And even if it's, like, two years from now, we'll just record another episode for fun. Like, even if even if there's, like, four listeners. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, we'll do another one because we have to talk about it. Honestly, right now I'm just smiling. It's like... It's like I've been surviving off rations for, like, years. And I've just had a chocolate cake yesterday. I'm just thinking about it still. Yeah. This track gives me such joy. This track warms. This track keeps my heart beating. Yeah. I am... It, it, it makes everything we've done over... Like, we've recorded these over, like, what... I mean, if you ignore the first episode, this is a bit of a look behind the curtain. The first episode recorded ages ago. But these have been recorded over about two months, I think. Two and yeah. a half months. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it really is just such a fitting closure to our, like, two and a half month summer of dissecting oh. Robbie. The summer of Robbie. Yeah, even though we still have two more episodes to go, yeah. such good closure for us. Yep. You just treat the Christmas stuff like a bonus thing because it is like it's just a bonus Christmas album. There is a lot surrounding it though. Luckily, yeah, well, yeah, I think no, that's the episode great. will be. But I have quite a lot to talk about that. But yeah, do we want to do ratings for this one then, Volume Three? Yeah, I think I mean, this is easily the best one. I don't even know anymore. I'd still probably give it a three. Yeah, out of ten. Yeah, really, I'm at six out of ten for this one. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for like a. I think National Anthem I like. The two remixes are pretty good. Uh, I just people like me, I don't care about uh, neither, not uh, reality, bye bye, ethical, no fucks either. But indestructible and the remix and good people and then the first three tracks I like a lot, which is immediately more than. Any it's just of the hard to color an actual opinion after so much music I had to go through. Because yeah. it was this, yeah, we had to go through forty tracks just for this thing. I for me, it's like I only really liked. I, I thought the impossible was pretty good. But the only ones that really did anything for me were Indestructible and the National Anthem of Robbie. Mm-hmm. And the National Anthem of Robbie is essentially not a Robbie Williams song. Yeah. I think it's the same choir from No One Likes a Fat Pop Star as well. I think it's the same <laughs> one. I forgot that exists. That's so good that that exists. <laughs> the terrifying Nightmare Circus song. Yeah. But, um, About how yeah. <laughs> I think one thing, I don't know, that we didn't mention in the Heavy Entertainment show that I do want to bring up for a sec I don't know if we'll cut it into the other one or whatever but I just want to talk about this in the podcast he says I am notorious for making everybody sing the chorus I just made up that word uh, I didn't know he said that that's great just great that's just yeah. Yeah. I remember when that came out me and John like back in 2016 we were actually talking about that track we both freaked out about that <laughs> like, <laughs> in, like Robbie move Robbie moment um, Did you guys not have something you wanted to cover that you were you were chuckling about? Well, what's your rating? I, I don't know, like five, four, somewhere around there. I will say one thing I forgot to mention as well. I think is I think it's volume two. Uh, with all of these uh, albums, he basically like announced they were coming out a week or two before they actually dropped because they don't need big promo cycles. Um, but one of them he announced for the same day that Take That were releasing an album, so it did kind of cause a thing and the papers like oh Robbie again let's take that in charts but it doesn't because it's not like an officially released album so it doesn't chart anyway but that was just kind of a thing that happened I guess it's weird he chose to do that though because yeah. there's no like set release date he could mm-hmm. just release it literally the next week 
I am I am terminally bored with this entire album. Yeah. I hated this. I really did. It was like we were given the heavy entertainment show, which we all agreed was like, wow, okay, there is so much good stuff here. With this, it was like, it was like falling asleep on a conveyor belt. What did you expect, though? I expected Robbie off the leash. I expected Robbie going wild. I expected Robbie doing experimental stuff that he wouldn't do in his normal albums. But I got intensive care parts one, two, and three. Uh, that bad. Yeah, none of the Under the Radar singles charted. Yikes. Fair. Man. He's not really trying though, is he? No. And the thing is, another part that makes this episode the <laughs> not the highlight of the entire podcast is that we've already covered what he did in those years anyway. Yeah. All the antics are pretty much just limited to the music. Have we got any antics he did in 2019? Did we cover 2019? We'll do that when we yeah. do Christmas present. Okay. Christmas present will be the promo for that album and then everything to the present pretty much. Cool. The, the present? Yeah, see so you did that. Did you have something you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know if we can even keep this in. I don't know. <laughs> we can cut it. We have to cut it. We cut it. John found something last night. Yeah, I randomly searched. Um, I randomly searched Robbie Williams on Reddit, just kind of curious to see what people are saying about him because he's not the type of person that I think uh, people on Reddit would be talking very much about. Yeah, he's not a Reddit person. And on the first page something appeared <laughs> and it prompted me to send the message to Matthew at 2.38 in the morning. I just found a full frontal Robbie nude. Nothing covering it. I responded within five seconds saying I needed to see this. <laughs> yeah, you also need to see. Uh, Why is that there? Do you want to check them out? I do want to check them out. Which I can't, it won't let me open up the link in thingy, but the messenger preview, that's it there. How, how odd. And we dated it, it's between the years, I think 1993 and 1998. So he's legal. Oh, oh good. So yeah, that was the thing I was thinking, because like, who even knows, but no, nah, that's uh... So yeah, it's a photo of his knob, and his balls, and we actually get to see 100% how he's hung. So is my 4G not going to allow me to access gaymalecelebs.com? No, oh yeah, here we go. There we go, full, full scrim. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's definitely got a penis. <laughs> uh, and you can kind of see what, he's he's definitely a grower rather than a shower. Yeah, well, you'd hope, well not according to him, he's not. <laughs> no, I think he's, I, uh, I don't know how big Robbie is hard. Based on every, I, I would guess he's probably around average. Yeah, I think he's average to slightly above average, he just like, he's very small and placid. Yeah, it's also funny just to joke that you have a small penis as well. As he does constantly. I love that the last line of the entire album is, "He is so well hung," yeah. which is 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 fat is just not true. And Guy Chambers wrote it. Just a good bit. He also seems to be circumcised, which surprised me. You have spent too much time looking at. <laughs> I it. have. Oh, the amount of photos I found. I, I've tried to find more photos of that ilk. And Was the, there anything else Robbie Williamsy on Reddit? Uh no. There are some. Uh, there are also some Photoshop nudes of him in the Rock DJ video that people have made. And they tried to circulate as if it's real, but it's obviously not. Fair enough. Uh, when trying to find Robbie Williams' nudes that night, I found this picture of Joey. Somebody had photoshopped it so it looked like Joey from Friends had his knob out, and Chandler was next to it, like, hmm? And Joey was like, have you tried this before? And Chandler was like, I don't know. Which is, I don't know how anybody could get aroused by that. Incredible. There's also the pictures you said you found of Robbie with... Uh, Rob Stewart's wife. Yeah, Robbie essentially having sex with Rob Stewart's wife. Uh, are they the ones like are they in the pool? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was taking my yeah. paparazzi. Uh, that was in like 2003. Um, also, a photo, another wonderful photo of him going full mangina mode. 
he's just in the middle of a gallery on a German website about Robert Williams throughout his career. So it's like, take that time to perform in, in his bronze suit, whatever. Mangina. Mangina. <laughs> he's just lying on a sofa and he's fully got his pubes out. It's just... That's the Robbie one, two, three. Great. Should we wrap up? Yep, I think so. I think, boys, that was the best episode ever. It's certainly going to be our shortest. <laughs> even though we did three albums, we have flown through that. I, I'm so... Honestly, even thinking about the Radar series makes me miserable. I really hated everything about this. Um, but, okay, so... Well, thanks for joining us for what is unquestionably our best episode yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, catch us next time around for... the Podcast Awards. Yeah. <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, we thought the Under the Radar episode was really the, the peak of this podcast. It's what it's for, you know. So, join us next time for... So far, what's going to be our final episode where we look at a Robbie Williams album? It's not going to be our final episode, it's going to be our final album episode, because we're going to do... So what do you think final episode when we look at a Robbie Williams album means? Um... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Bye, everyone! (laughs) Wait, wait, we need to say... (laughs) It'll be Robbie's first ever Christmas album. His 2019 the Christmas present. It's first ever double album as well. Yes. So it's going to be a long one. <laughs> yeah, oh, you didn't know that? Oh, <laughs> Is it just Christmas covers? No. no. Oh, okay. All right. We're, we're we are going to have a lot to speak about. Okay. Yeah. I'm more into it. It is like, it's a fairly long double album as well. It's like nearly 30 tracks, I think. <laughs> 30 <laughs> tracks? Yeah. There are some bonus ones. So. Taking the piss, there are only 30 more tracks. It's like Peter K. Fuck's sake. 30 tracks? <laughs> 30 tracks? <laughs> You remember back in the day when record have two two sides on record? You put them on turntable, you spin them around, then you flip them off, flip them all over. Kids come up nowadays. You don't need to flip over MP3s. Thirty <laughs> tracks. Thirty tracks. I've seen the future. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Yeah, uh, I've been Matthew. I've been Jonathan. And I've been Peter K. Who have you been? <laughs> been Nathan. Good. And we'll catch you next time. Say it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Say it. Oh my god. I've been Nathan. Good. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Down the Robbie Hole. Garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs>